Hey there, Super Sober Heroes. It's your host, Sober Steve, the podcast guy. And before we jump into today's episode, I want to take a brief moment to ask for your help to shape the future of gay A. Over the years, this podcast has grown and evolved as I've grown in my sobriety. And recently, I've been investing wild amounts of time, money, and energy to find ways to level up this podcast so it can get heard by the people who need to hear it. I want to take a brief moment to check in with all of you, though, to see what you love about the current show and what could be better as I'm growing and moving forward. In the show notes is a three to five minute survey for you to complete. I kindly ask that you pause this episode and take the time to complete it if you haven't already. You are kind enough to give me 20 to 40 minutes of your time each week when you listen to these episodes, and I want to make sure it's time well spent. So please let your voice be heard. Thanks, SoberPod, and enjoy the show. Hi, everyone, and welcome to Gay A, a podcast about sobriety for the LGBT plus community and our allies. I'm your host, Steve Bennett-Martin. I am an alcoholic, and I am grateful for the creative streak I'm learning I have in recovery. As of this recording, I am 636 days sober, and today we're welcoming back friend of the pod, J9, to talk about making music in recovery. Thanks for coming back. Welcome back. Thanks so much for having me back. Yeah. I'm excited to catch up since, as we were saying before, it's been about a year since your last episode. What, what's been the last year been like? The last year has been, yeah, pretty up and down, but I've been making music, keeping creative, getting used to small town living mm-hmm. has been a bit of a challenge after being in a city like Toronto for 20 years. But I think I'm getting the hang of it. Even more exciting is I actually started flight school in September, so I'm learning how to fly airplanes and make music, so I couldn't be any happier, really. That's awesome. Yeah. Yeah, and why out of talking about anything in the world, you talked about making music? I mean, it has been, there's been some some struggling around it, I won't lie, as a as a sober person and having moved away from the city and trying to just kind of like keep in it an inch towards like socializing in the music scene still, but like from far away and not being able to like show up every week and just get the hang of it. I mean, I hate to say, it, well, not hate to say, it, but Part of the reason I I did move out to the middle of nowhere was kind of when things started opening up during pandemic, I was about a year sober and I don't know, I was just afraid actually. I was afraid that when everything started opening up for the summer that, I don't know, I just kind of wanted to take myself out of a city that's known for for social drinking Mm -hmm. I give myself more time and space before. So yeah, music because it's my hobby. It's my passion. Aside from work and school, I'm making music. And it has been a little bit of a challenge to feel still part of a scene that I very much was a part of the whole time I lived in Toronto. So it's just very different now. Very different. A little bit of a challenge. But it's, it's, it's still going good. It's going good. But yeah, I thought maybe maybe I could share some of my insight with your listeners and who knows, 
maybe someone can chime in with some advice to me. <laughs> yeah, sounds good. I know that. I mean, I think just in general, it's beautiful finding creativity and recovery, especially. But I've never been much of a musical person. I've learned I'm creative in other ways. Just making music is not one of them. But what was your first experience like maybe as like a child or young adult where you remember making music? Uh, I've been, I mean, I was playing around on a keyboard at the age of what, like two or three. And then I think by six years old, I was put in piano lessons. I started just playing songs that I liked by ear. I guess I don't really make music until, I mean, I'm going to say I actually like composed my, my, my own first piano piece when I was in high school, like 15, 16, maybe years old. But I do remember we have to take French class here in Canada. And I did in elementary school make a French rap as one of my assignments. So I put, yeah, with the cassette tape, I put a beat together. I rapped on top of it. I don't know how to rap. (laughs) (laughs) But that was a lot of fun. And you know what? It kind of blew the teacher away. I remember that. She was like super impressed by the creative, you know, motivation behind it. So yeah, I mean, and then I haven't really been making music until more in my adult. Like aside from those two little things, I've always yeah. like played other people's music. Mm-hmm. So I, I think that to me, that's different than making music. Yeah. And I definitely didn't really start getting more into that until probably my early 20s. But for the most part, I've played other people's music and been in bands. And mm-hmm. only over the past several years now have I really wanted to focus on making my own music. Yeah. But yeah, I would say the French rap. <laughs> That's awesome. And how would you say your your drinking and use affected your ability and your relationship with music? Yeah, I uh, was a pretty good kid. I know a lot of I had I had friends in high school that were like drinking and smoking and and doing drugs and stuff, but I honestly didn't until I left high school and started college. So, I mean, Playing musical through high school was just normal. It was, you know, my peers, band. Uh, But yeah, once I went to college, started drinking and got my first band, I remember it was a real gamble. You know, it was pretty traditional to want to take like a shot of whiskey before going on stage. And hopefully you hadn't drank much before then. But yeah, sometimes for whatever reason, you go on late and, you know, get carried away and not keep track. And I used to fumble around quite a bit on the keyboard during some of the shows. And and I, I remember feeling very embarrassed after some of them and, and like it was becoming a problem with playing music. On the other hand, I'm sure you talk to a lot of creative people in general that, I mean, before they they go sober might even say that drinking or like smoking may have got them into the creative space faster. And they think like, yeah, it really helps me. But I can tell you after being sober for long enough, it helps you more to not drink than to drink. (laughs) Yeah. I used to tell them like, that was the narrative I told myself like all the time for like writing podcast episodes. Cause like I was podcasting before I got sober. It's not like I was drunk working on these, 
But like, I remember I'd be like, yeah, I'm going to like research my movies for my pop culture podcast while I'm having a glass, which was a bottle of wine. And like, I'll just knock through like three outlines. And of course, like I rarely got one done and it was like incomplete or sloppy. And yeah, it definitely was a narrative. I told myself that it was like easier to be creative or make things when I was drinking, but it wasn't true. No, it's really common. I hear a lot of people. I've always heard a lot of people say that and it's just, it's like a myth almost, I would say. But I can't tell you also the, the number of times I woke up the next morning and like would open up the song I was editing the night before. And I'm like, what the fuck did I do? Yeah. <laughs> like, no saving this. I don't, I don't know what I did. <laughs> but yeah, you're right. And then and what was it? What was your relationship with music like, especially your like at first counting days and when you first got sober? Well, I would, I would kind of start that with, for me, when I finally like really stuck to being sober, like it was right at the start of the pandemic. So like, I'm very proud of myself. I'm coming up on my third year on March 1st. And, but that did kind of put me in a unique situation because I think, you know, I was in a small bachelor apartment right downtown Toronto And yeah, I really leaned on music as like one of the only things to make me feel grounded and sane and and not so alone. Like I'm sure most people going through a breakup or something has turned and leaned on on music just so you don't, you feel like, I don't know, you kind of, it's cathartic to listen to other people's experiences sometimes. So like I, I, I leaned into music more as like not because that's just what i do but now i'm sober it was also like a survival strategy i guess so i mean it was yeah it was very it was a lot it was meaningful i definitely am glad that i had my instruments and a love for music to get me through the that first little bit yeah i can certainly see that being helpful and how have your experiences with making music changed or evolved over the course of your recovery changed or evolved over the course well i guess one thing that comes to mind is yeah i mean if you have a drink it can sometimes help you just start a process of anything like if for some reason like you get too in your head and you're like oh i'm getting overwhelmed there's too many steps to do the thing i want to do like, like, yeah, so you, I leaned on having a drink often before just to like lower that inner critic and, 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 and make myself, I guess, less inhibited towards like, yeah, it just made starting things easier. So I guess it's changed and evolved in that I've had to learn how to consistently show up when I want to create when I have to, because like I, I've given myself a deadline or I have a deadline to get a song done for someone or whatever. Like, yeah, like maybe now I go to the store and get chocolate instead. But <laughs> but yeah, it's it's just I kind of feel like there's a little bit more of a push that I've needed to get used to giving myself to be like, don't worry, just get started. That's the hardest part. Once you start, it's going to feel great. But for some reason, 
it's always been kind of like too much in my head. I guess with artistry too, like like that inner critic, sometimes it just tells you like why start if what you're gonna do isn't gonna be good enough mm-hmm. or or up to your expectations or whatever. So that voice alone can be enough to kind of just make you stop in your tracks, get a little paralyzed and not want to even start something. So yeah, consistently showing up for yourself sober is kind of like learning a new skill, I think. Yeah. And how do you overcome that like inner saboteur or that negative self-talk? I mean, it never really goes away. (laughs) It doesn't kind of, I accept it as a part of me. I like the idea of like the inner child and like the shadow self. So that idea has really helped me out thinking like a lot of the negative thoughts we have are kind of just like, I guess, evolutionarily speaking, they've kind of come about as like a survival mechanism. Like, oh, don't go there. It's not safe. You know, like, so you stay out of, you know, harm's way of like a predator or something. But now, you know, the way we live now doesn't really come in that handy it's more hindering but if you think of it as just like a shadow part of yourself that's just there it's just maybe trying to get your attention just kind of like tucking tugging on your shirt a little bit say hi i hear you but no Mm -hmm. (laughs) not this time but yeah like i've beat myself up in the past i'm like why can't i get rid of this negative thinking And you know what? That just makes you feel more like shit about yourself because it doesn't go away. It makes it worse. It amplifies it because now you're beating yourself up about beating yourself up. (laughs) Yeah, I was ready to go into a full blown like despair spiral. Like when I got home tonight, I had to be like, like getting upset about it will only make me more upset. And like, it's just you have to get over it and figure it out. Yeah, it's true. I mean, some people may be just like, la la la, jump. but. I don't know. I feel like self-talk, just talking yourself down out of those kind of things helps a lot. Yeah, for sure. And what advice might you have for someone who's struggling to connect with their musical or creative side? You know what? This does kind of remind me of something that happened to me once. Very happenstance. It was really strange. I just remember after work one day, I went across the street to have a little like post-work meal And they had kind of like communal tables. So it wasn't like individual seating. It was like maybe a long table with different chairs. And I don't know why, but for some reason, there was one seat. I asked this older woman. She was probably in her 70s, almost 80, whatever. I don't know. Wisdom, what have you. I don't know. Guardian angel. I don't know. But I sat down and I asked if I could sit and eat with her. She's like, sure. Then we start chatting. And at some point, she just kind of just like, you know, you've been to the realm of of light and sound, right? <laughs> like, what are you talking about? <laughs> I'm like, uh-huh, okay. But she actually told me the best piece of advice I've ever heard in my life about getting into that creative space with, like, color and, and light and sound is, she's like, if you start to get in your own way and get overwhelmed, just relax. And I really thought about that. Like, best thing you can do sometimes if you're getting worked up is to like either distract yourself, go do something else for a bit. Mm -hmm. For me, even just laying down and like, I'm just going to have a nap. And then who knows, like my brain might just go on autopilot and all of a sudden I come up with an idea, right? So 
I'm not 100% sure if that answers your question, but I think to the best of my ability, that's how I've learned to connect with the musical process when it's been hard to. And and that was advice given to me by someone totally random, but it, it really is like the best thing. So maybe others can try that out as well, see how it works for them. Sounds like a plan. And what type of advice might you have for someone who's struggling in their recovery right now? If you live in a, in a big city, move to a small town. Mm-hmm. How has <laughs> that like, helped you? you? Remove the distractions. And <laughs> I'm, I'm, I mean, I'm joking, but really that's literally what I did. And I read an article recently about a, a man in, in Europe who, I guess he he'd been struggling with being overweight for a very long time. And that's precisely what he did at some point. He's just like, I'm really not doing this. Like, I just want to remove myself from the temptation. Went to a small town where like the closest place to go get takeout was like an hour away. And you had to get grocery shop, cook for yourself. And right there, that helps you eat a lot healthier because you're cooking. You can control what kind of ingredients you're using and eating. So I think of it the same way, you know, don't, don't jump into things if you're not ready. Like if you're not ready to go to a scene, like a bar to listen to live music where like all of your old friends who you met through drinking and connected through drinking, like it's great if your goal is to be able to go do that and not have the thought cross your mind or even notice anyone else is drinking around you. I'm happy to say, I think I'm slowly finally starting to kind of get there when I do go out. But like, I wasn't ready for such a long time. And I'm just really happy that I took the time to myself for as long as I needed. No, no apologies to anyone. Yeah, you just got to look out for yourself and screw what other people think. Yeah, I think that's great advice. I remember like, my first couple times, especially like going out to a bar, like I had certain like, Things I was cool with and being around it was one of them. But like, I, I had my husband go up to the bar to get me my diet soda. Like, cause like, I didn't want to go to the bar where the, they were like, what do you want to drink? Like, cause I no. wasn't, cause this was like, I think at like six months or eight months sober. And I was like, not ready to like, not just have something else, like a drink order come out of my mouth or something like that. So I was like, I could be in the bar and I could sit at the table and I could watch the drag queens because yeah. like that was like the, the best part about bars for me always. And the entertainment, right? Yeah. The entertainment. Yeah. And then, but I was like, he, but he had to be my, my barkeep for the night. So we, we made it work. You almost don't trust yourself for the first bit. You like, you almost have to like reestablish a connection with yourself first. And who knows how long it'll take to like trust yourself, not to make bad decisions again. Yeah. <laughs> yeah for That's sure. great. Well, I'm glad you figured that out. Yeah. Any last thoughts? It's always really lovely talking to you. Oh, thank yeah. you. I like seeing your smile. You fill me full of hope for the future. Oh, excellent. Well, you, yeah. you bring the smile to my face. So, uh, yes, I enjoy chatting with you as well. I love, I love coming onto your show. Yeah. And if thank someone you. wanted to connect with you or find your music that you make, how would they do that? I have music. My music's on every streaming platform. So Spotify, Apple, like even SoundCloud, Bandcamp, Amazon, what have you. Um, my stage name is J9, just the letter J and the number nine. There's a few of us out there, but look for the one that uh, 
looks like a non-binary comic badass. <laughs> <laughs> okay. I'll have that. It'll have that picture on it. But other than that, connect with me through social. I'm at J9 Grooves. Just J9 Grooves. And you can find me on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, YouTube. Yeah. Wonderful. Excellent. Uh, thank you so much, J9. Thank you so much. And thank you, listeners, for tuning in to another episode of Gay A Podcast. If you'd like to hear more of J9 and I, we're going to be heading on over to our Patreon page to talk more about your experience of connecting and making friends in recovery. You can do that by following the link in the show notes. Meanwhile, if you're interested in sharing your story or just saying hi, I'm an email away at gayapodcast at gmail.com or on Instagram at gayapodcast. And be sure to follow us wherever you're listening so you can get these new episodes when they come out every Thursday. And until next time, stay sober, friends.